a different perspective, a new insight into life, a nugget of positivity, and a hidden truth, and maybe an amusement for you. Welcome to From My Standpoint, a twice-a-month podcast with your host, Josh C. Jones. Put on your life jacket of free and independent thought, which is only provided by natural right, and inflate your pumps with the breath of the creator, and fill the tank with independence, and buckle up in the wavecraft of liberty, and get ready to ride the waves of political incorrectness on the sea of free speech as our perceptions get tossed about, and hopefully we will all arrive on the shores of truth together. Nice. All right, so let's get into this one. I'm your host, Josh C. Jones, and this is the podcast from my standpoint. This is one of two parts. This one is the biblical part, and the next one will be the worldly part. And I'll get into that, why I'm saying those two different ones. So again, this one is the biblical part. The next one will be the worldly part. So let's get into this. Friday, June 24th, 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on the standing of Roe versus Wade. So this, what I'm speaking here, was originally a video I made and uh, put out to hopefully and briefly help explain things to people, since many people seem to either be ignorant or just plain rejecting of the facts and the truth. Now, if you've seen the video and you liked the video, you will really like this, this audio version, because I've added a bunch more stuff to this audio version here. Plus, I sometimes get sidetracked and give other great information, so you will like this. Just stay with it, please. There's a lot of information here. Now, what I'm going to say is really neither pro-life nor pro-abortion. It is just fact and cold, hard truth. Uh, What you do with these facts and the truth, however, is up to you. This is the reality that so many refuse to believe or live in. There are only two sides to the debate about the Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade and abortion, the biblical side and the worldly side. And I will briefly get into each one. So in this portion, since it's the biblical portion, we're going to discuss the biblical side. Now, if you do not care about the Bible... That is your choice, but I would hope that you care about the Constitution, which will be talked about in the worldly part. Biblical is based on God's Word, the Holy Bible. Worldly is based on our Constitution and founding ideals. So again, please stay with me here. I will try to be uh, somewhat brief, although I do get long sometimes, and hopefully just help you understand what happened and help to bring some understanding and semblance of peace to each other in this time. Uh, You can do your own further independent research, if you so choose, and I highly recommend that you do. And let me tell you, the video that I originally did for this, it had many views. I'm surprisingly a good number of views. But it also apparently set off the negative, hate-filled, selfish, murderous, and wicked spirit which some have allowed to take residence in their hearts and build their faulty foundation upon. So here we go. Here's the biblical side. According to the Bible, God created you in the womb, and he knew you even before then. Jeremiah 1.1 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Psalm 139.13-14 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And yes, you are wonderfully made just how God made you. Don't let someone trick you into thinking that God messed up. He did not mess up. He does not make mistakes. Only we do. Only humans do. 
Now, I understand that sometimes pregnancy is not planned, but let us not forget what God says in Psalm 127.13. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And remember, too, if you believe in God and Jesus, the Bible, you say you follow the Bible and God's word, you really should not be having sex outside of marriage anyway. That's in his word. Sidetracked. I found this interesting because according to science, a single cell to be found on Mars is life. An eagle's egg is life and to be protected. Eggs of endangered species are also considered to be life and are to be protected. But a living human... A baby growing in the womb, even when science calls it life and science shows it has a heartbeat, it can move, it can feel pain, and it does have brain activity, it is still, for some reason, by some people who support abortion, called just a clump of cells, not life, and some have even called it a parasite. I just wish, I really do wish some people would just be honest and not try to hide their desires behind a facade of self-enlightenment, and, and that they would just stop trying to justify ways of dodging responsibility and accountability and stop dehumanizing helpless children as potential burdens. Just be honest. People have more respect for honesty. Now listen to episode 54, Is It Acceptable? Part 2, Abortion, for more information on abortion and even Planned Parenthood. It's got some good information in there. Now back to this. Now from a biblical standpoint, if you claim to be a Christian, Jew, Catholic, believe in God and the Bible, follow Jesus, God was very clear where he stands on this issue of abortion in the Bible. Isaiah, Psalm, Galatians, Luke, Jeremiah all speak about the life in the womb. In fact, in Luke, the Bible tells us that the first human life to recognize Jesus, even while Jesus was still in Mary's womb, was Elizabeth's baby, the distinct and individual human life living and growing in Elizabeth's womb. The baby inside Elizabeth's womb was the first one to recognize the baby inside Mary, which was Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Now, if you do not believe in God or the Bible, then like I said before, this part does not pertain to you, and that is your choice, and no one can force you to believe. So just skip ahead to the worldly part, the next episode, where we discuss the Constitution and other reason. But if you do claim to believe, if you do claim to believe in God, Jesus, and the Bible, understand there is no reasoning with someone about God's word who willfully denies the existence of God or even the validity of the Bible. Even though the Bible has been and is still being proven accurate time and time again through archaeological and historical evidence. But Psalms 14 declares that the fool says in his heart there is no God. And Proverbs speaks a lot about this, trying to talk to different people that don't believe in God or the Bible. So... Let me just say, there have been some Christians, Jews, Catholics, and people who claim to not be religious, but still claim to believe in and accept Jesus and God and the Bible, who have shown their ineptitude to even open their Bible and read it. Then again, you know, we've seen that with many things, such as the month of June. And yes, yes, you may be thinking, what is he doing? Yes, I am calling you out here. I am calling all of you out who claim to believe in God and the Bible and Jesus and who claim the title of Christian or Jew or Catholic. But you are not always alone. Let me just tell you, you're not always alone because sometimes what I speak on is an indictment of my own failings too. 
But I am calling you out. And why? Because we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. But through sanctification, we can let God work through us as we choose to follow him and study his word and grow in him. It is a process. But if one does not tell of the gospel and the truth therein, then another will not hear. And if one does not hear, then one cannot learn. And if one does not learn, then one cannot repent. And if one does not repent, then one is lost. Jesus said in Luke 13, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, if you truly believe in God, in Jesus, and the Bible, then you would believe God's word to be true and follow it to the best of your ability. And he was very, very clear where he stands on this issue of abortion and the issue pertaining to June. Jesus clearly said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Now you can choose to believe him and stand with God, or you can choose to disbelieve him and stand apart from God on this. You have that free will. It is your choice. And that decision is solely between you and God. Exodus, Genesis, Psalms, Matthew, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, Ecclesiastes, and many other places speak on this issue. And Leviticus 18.1, it clearly says, You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 says, You shall have no other gods before me. And what is a lowercase g, God? A lowercase g, God, is a demon. And it is also an idol. And an idol is anything you place before God, Yahweh, the God of the Holy Bible. Your own desire to not lose the quality of life you are currently living can soon become your idol if you are not careful. Ezekiel 16, 36-38 says, Because you poured out your lust and exposed your naked body and your promiscuity with your lovers, and because of all your detestable idols, and because you gave them your children's blood, therefore I will bring on you the blood vengeance of my wrath and jealous anger. Whew. Do we want God's anger and wrath and vengeance upon us? I don't. Now, tragic things do occur in this world, but even Planned Parenthood admits that less than 1% of the abortions they perform are for rape or incest. I mentioned this in Is It Acceptable Part 2, Abortion. Now, the overwhelming majority of their abortions that they perform are for other various reasons. Uh, worried the child might ha not have the best quality of life. Uh, the mother does not want the burden of the child. The mother is scared and does not know where else to turn for help. And that is an indictment on the church right there for not stepping up more and helping people. Helping these mothers who are pregnant and don't know what to do. You need to step up. We all need to step up. The churches and really even everyone, even the non-religious people need to step up and help. And it's for a growing lack of value for life. And from a survivor of this horrific trade that said sex trafficking is another big part of the abortions at Planned Parenthood because they don't ask questions. Fear, potential quality, selfish ambition, valueless perception of life, and sadly, even if it is less than 1%, the evil of rape and incest. Psalms 106, 37-38 
says they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Jesus said in Matthew 9:12-13, "It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice." For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And we are all sinners. Thank goodness God is a God of mercy and love, right? We just need to turn to Him and accept His mercy and love. He will not force anything upon us, for force is not love. As I said in episode 18, the great wisdom of number one, love is the only thing on this earth that cannot be forced or coerced or controlled by fear. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. And speaking of love, remember in Mark when uh, the teachers of the law tried to trick and trap Jesus so they could arrest him and cancel him? They asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? To which Jesus replied, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, we are to love our neighbors. But love is not the act of participation in or acceptance of sin. People forget the first part of this, the most important commandment. Jesus said to them when they asked that question of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus said, the most important one is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The most important commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Then you can do the second commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We are to love our neighbors, but we are not to love sin. There is a difference. You're not supposed to go hate your neighbors and love their sin. You're supposed to love your neighbors, but hate sin. Love your neighbors, but hate sin. Now, James 4.17 said, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And maybe that's why so many just don't even open their Bible to read it, because the more they know, the more they are responsible for. And it says it right there. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Maybe it is true what the saying is, ignorance is bliss. The more ignorant you are of God's word, the more blissful life seems to be for you, even if you're living in sin. Now, Ephesians 5.11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. Can you truly claim to love someone when you knowingly and willingly allow them to live in wickedness without first being told the truth and then letting them choose for themselves? Proverbs 13.24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. We are all children of God, and God loves us all. But just as earthly children must choose to love their parents, and they can choose to disown them and kick them out of their lives too if they want to, so can people so choose when it comes to God. And many people do disavow and reject God, His Word, and the family of God. But can you truly claim to love someone when you hold their hand and join them in their sin? 
Can you truly claim to love someone when you hold their hand and join them in their sin? No, you can't. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Psalm 146.4 says, When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. And I remember the great saying before, and I wrote it in one of my books, and I'm going to just shorten it and paraphrase it really small here because I don't remember it word for word. But think about all the lost dreams, all the cures that were never found, all the books that were never written, all the people that were never saved because it's all buried in the grave. We took it to the grave. We ended the life early. Think about that. And I mean, can you love someone and hold their hand and join them in sin if you know the wages of sin is death? When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. We will all die one day. That is the cold, hard truth. It is reality. And when we die, we will enter into one of two eternal kingdoms. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. That was from Romans 2, 6 through 8. No, you cannot claim to love your neighbor by keeping silent and not letting them first know what God's word says. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Someone had to inform you, and you were to inform them to preach the word. Someone preached it to you so you could be saved. Now you must go and preach it to them. Teach them the truth. 2 Timothy 4, 2-3 says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage. Correct each other. Rebuke those who willingly still choose to persist in sin, as it says in 1 Timothy 5.20, and encourage each other to preach the gospel and stand firm with God. Now, 2 Timothy continues by saying, With great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. It says it right there in the Bible. There, is a, there will be a time coming where people do not want to hear the truth. They only want to hear their own desires, their own opinions, their own selfish wants, their own sin as justified. And that is their choice. We all have the free will to choose to follow God or not. Your responsibility as a Christian, as a Catholic, as a Jew, as someone who believes in Jesus and God and the Bible, your responsibility is to preach God's word. Preach God's word. You are not responsible for their rejection of God's word. I'm going to say that again. Your responsibility is to preach God's word. You are not responsible for their rejection of God's word. But you cannot claim to love Jesus and believe and follow God if you openly reject his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 clearly states that all scripture is God-breathed. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You, 
you out there who use God's name in vain, producing no results, which is useless. Matthew 7, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. If you claim to be a Christian, Jew, Catholic, if you claim to believe in God, Jesus, and the Bible, then you know exactly where God stands on this issue. You may not like it, you don't have to like it, but you know where God stands on this issue, and you know his commands pertaining to such. Our selfish desires, our selfish sin nature, will not always like what God says. But if you do claim to be a Christian, Jew, Catholic, if you claim to believe in God, Jesus, and the Bible, you know what he says on this. So stop pretending. Stop pretending. Stop trying to capitalize on a title to your name. And stop defying Deuteronomy and adding to and subtracting from what God has clearly said. And stop using God's name in vain. Read your Bible. Remember, you are not responsible for their rejection, but you are responsible for telling them of God's word. Hold firm in your faith, stand firm with God, and don't lose hope with what I'm about to say next. The truth and reality of all this is, pro-life people will never, ever see the end of abortion, ever, on this earth, until Jesus returns. Pro-abortion people will never, ever lose the ability to feed their desire to terminate a human life for any reason, ever, on this earth, until Jesus returns. If you truly are a Christian, a Jew, a Catholic, if you truly support God and the Bible, if you truly support Jesus, then you understand the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was the right decision. If you truly are not a Christian, Jew, Catholic, and you truly do not support God, Jesus, or the Bible, then you will not accept the Supreme Court's decision as the right decision. That is the cold, hard truth. It can be hard to swallow for many, but this is the cold, hard truth of the reality of living in a fallen world. Remember these two very important facts, and I'm going to say it again, they are the cold, hard truth. They are reality. Number one, the Supreme Court's decision was correct biblically, and it was correct constitutionally. Number two, no matter which side you are on, and no matter which God you choose to serve, abortion will never be fully eradicated. That does not mean we stop preaching God's word or living by it. But abortion will always be available somewhere in the United States per state's rights. That is both the beauty and the tragedy of the Constitution and the great diversity and beliefs in these great United States of America. May God bless and embolden his people, and may God have mercy on heaven's early and youngest residents. This has been From My Standpoint. 
a podcast to find a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, encouraging and enlightening insight, entertaining a new perspective, and providing an amusement for you. We hope you were entertained, encouraged, enlightened, and enjoyed the show.